All right, let's see. Is my hand ready? And of course, Pat and Truman had told me today that this was the day they weren't going to be here. So, yeah, yeah fun stuff. <sighs> All right, let's see. I got the agenda ready. Looks like I'm good. All I got to do is uh, hit record and then, and then I'm ready to go. What the hell? Is that not what you What the hell is wrestling music doing here? <laughs> who is that? Who, who was that? All I heard was a laugh. What the, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> that was me. Forresty, what the hell are you doing here? This is like, I was supposed to have a simple Skype call with myself to do sound effects. How the hell did you get in here? I tell you, I got that secret password that you probably didn't know about. Uh, didn't realize I somehow took a picture of it, and I, I guess the yep. stupid post. I guess my stupid post note didn't get out of the picture. God damn it. <sighs> well, I, I guess it's a good thing you're here. Uh, Pat and Truman left me high and dry today. Well, they can't record. They apparently got better things to do than talk soccer. So. You want to help me out and uh, do this show? Let's get it on! Welcome, my friends, to the show never ends. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Iapico. Pat and Truman are not here, but with me today is special guest host, Daniel Forrestine. Dan, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much there, Jay. It's great to be back on to talk with all the Red Bull fans. This is a, a big, big victory on the uh, northern border of our friends up in Canada. And, uh, of course, not our friends in the Club de Foot Montreal. Yeah. So funny, funny little side note. Um, I was I was in the kitchen the other day with my wife. I was trying to remember what time the game was. And I asked, so I asked Google what it was. And they said, the Red Bulls will play the Montreal Impact. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. That hasn't been the name for two years now. <laughs> Apparently, nobody told Google that, that, that they changed their name. I just thought it was kind of funny that... Uh, it was to the Google still the impact. I'm sure that yep. I'm sure the fans would feel the same way. <laughs> it should be the impact. Well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, I, I think the fans in Montreal still want to be want the club to be called the impact no matter what. But, you know, they want it to be more European and everything. But one thing is for sure, though, I know they're going to have a brand new crest next season and it looks a lot better. It's a good mix of what the original MLS impact logo was. Uh, from uh you know when they came into the league from the uh usl so i'm happy that it's going to be a, a new uh, crest 
for Montreal, even though I wish they were still called the Impact. It's a lot better, but what are you going to do? They want to be more European uh, sounding. So there you go. Well, since we're talking about the impact, uh, the Red Bulls definitely made an impact this week, uh, winning not one but two matches uh, to create what is now a four-game unbeaten streak dating back to the uh, win at Atlanta. They beat Miami 3-1 at home. Uh, it, took, it took a a boot to Reyes' chest and uh, going Miami going down to 10 men to do it, but hey, a win's a win. And then a very important road win at uh, against a top team in the league. one nothing at Montreal. Uh, before we get into our thoughts and opinions, we always got to bring in our fans first. So let's roll back Twitter uh, to Saturday night. Uh, we got first uh, Jeremiah at Red Coach J. He said, nice to see the guys pull it back together after going down one. Red card or no red card, there was a different edge to the team tonight after the goal. Always felt like they would score. Still, Miami had some real chances, and Cornell was absolutely massive in one-on-ones. Man of the match for me. Uh, Anthony Gaffera at G- uh, Gaffera 316. This is probably one of the best played games of the season. Only negative is not having Duncan uh, for the home game against Philly next Saturday. I, I forget. Is it red card two, two games or one no. MLS? No, it's one. It's a one-match okay. suspension. So Kyle Duncan will be available uh, for Philadelphia on Saturday. He probably forgot about this uh, Wednesday midweek road match in Montreal. So that's why Kyle Duncan was suspended for Wednesday. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. Because I think England's like two games now, right? So that's I, I was mm-hmm. probably thinking that too. All right, uh, Stephen Santos at Creepy Taxi. We won after receiving Luke Hang style kick from Pozzello, dirty ass Spanish Matador, which that's a, a weird sentence to read. Uh, ah, good old Stephen. I love that man. No. <laughs> uh, we played better home on fireworks night and got a win. I'll take it. Hey, maybe they should make every home game fireworks night. I'm just saying, if that's what it takes. All right. Then after the uh, game in Montreal last night, we had uh, Pierre Delecto. Uh, another quick shout out to Shitty Miami for getting fleeced the shit out of and giving us this beautiful Scotsman and model in another life, Lewis Morgan. Uh, Steven Santos, uh, again, we won in Montreal. Nice. Who's coaching Henri? Fuck them. Another road win. Who knew? This team, I just can't figure out anymore because we can't because we play Philly at home next. Uh, and then last one is Anthony Cafera. This is why Pat stays out of Montreal. Never mind all the losses when he wasn't there. Serious question: Would you all prefer a full Red Bull Arena with fans, thanks to a big name on the team, while being mediocre like some MLS teams, aka Chicago and Miami, or fly under the radar in a half-empty Red Bull Arena? Uh, I say let's go um, back to the 2015 to 2018 Red Bulls that built it on success. That that's what the crowd was there for. Wins. Let's just get back to that. Exactly. No, I I was gonna say the same thing. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. It was nice to see Thierry Henry and uh, Juan Pablo on Hell, uh, Tim Cahill being on the New York Red Bulls. You know. We've had so many wonderful European and South American superstars come to this club, whether it was the Metro Stars or the New York Red Bulls. But it's all about 
when you get competent players that are strong enough and dedicated enough to go out there and to pull off a win. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves here, you had great players like Bradley Wright Phillips, Sasha Kleistian, um, also Mike Grella, Lloyd Sam. They had a solid back line. You know, Aaron Long, Luis Robles in goal. And then, you know, you bring up the young players like Tyler Adams, who is doing wonderful things. And yes, and you bring in a good player like Daniel Royer from Europe. I mean, you know, he's a good, you would say a lunch pail type of player, but you know, he had the ability to go out there and uh, do damage. I mean, it's nice to bring over uh, a big named European star, but the truth of the matter is this. Do we want a DP superstar or do you want a competent striker to be up top or a competent player to do the things you expect them to do, which is play strong, play well, play with some style, and being managed perfectly. And yes, that's what you want. So that's been my argument. And, I'm, you know, when you go online to either Twitter or Facebook groups or Instagram groups, oh, I wish... Um, or Pinterest, you know, oh, I wish we had this guy from Europe or that guy from South America. You know, why can't we have Cristiano Ronaldo? Why can't we have Messi? Why can't we have Chicharito? Why can't we have Pozuelo? Why can't we have this and that player? You know, I want a super DP. Well, that would be nice. But I'd, I want someone who's competent enough to go out there, play strong, play well, and be aligned with the coach to go out, get wins, and win championships that's ultimately it titles yep that's it that's it if you you bring us a designated player who will score 20 goals and lead us to a title sure absolutely i'll sign up for that me too but uh and and the three of us on this show have constantly said it patrick kamala you know he he does put in work but his end result is not there Right. Well, he's getting, but no, but as a designated player, he's expected to score, and his goal scoring record is not that great. That's all. I, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't try. I'm saying he hasn't been finishing, and that's what he's being paid for. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm absolutely not disagreeing with you. And I think that was the one issue um, that Fellwell made a mistake on to put all of this pressure on Patrick Lamala because you gave him a designated player contract. If you bring him in to be a striker, fine. But if you're expecting him to do big things, and so far, to be fair, he hasn't done big things, there's a problem. And that means you're relying on everyone else. That is Lewis Morgan, who has been a major, major upgrade to this club. Lukinas, who has also put in the work, but now has recently slowed down on the uh, goal production, which the truth of the matter is, is that that's not what his forte is supposed to be. I mean, yeah, he's an attacking midfielder and he's a creative midfielder at the same time. But the truth of the matter is, is that he's supposed to provide service to the strikers. And so far that service has been a little bit lacking now on the back end here of this regular season. So even though Schneider has come in, as new director of sport. And yes, we all know Dennis Hamlet is the sporting director, but everything has to go through Schneider before it's all agreed to. The truth of the matter is this. Kevin Thelwell 
had a solid pickup with Lucinios, a solid pickup with um, Lewis Morgan, but he has failed with Patrick Lamala, uh, the loan deal with Ashton Morgan. And, um, you know, all you can do is give him an incomplete now that he's over uh, with Everton back in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, in, in fairness, you know, it's always things or signings are always going to be hit or miss. It all depends on the player to perform. Uh, the only good thing I can say about the well is that he didn't make the team weaker, really. He didn't really make it weaker. Um, no. And that's. That's kind of like the baseline you need to be as a as that position as a GM slash director of football. Like he, it, the squad just cannot get worse. Uh, it definitely could have gotten better. Part of that is the fact that we didn't sign enough players to or the right players, I guess, to to surround Klamala if he's going to be the designated player that you want as the focus. Um, I, I don't know. Part part of that's also on Struber and the players for not doing their jobs. I mean, it's kind of a all around thing. And then of course, like I said, Kamala, because when he does get the ball, he's not finishing. So <clears throat> it's. Uh, but but getting back to this week, I think these were two very good wins that we need. We absolutely needed, especially the Miami one because of where we were in the standings compared to them. Uh, Catching up to Montreal and Philly was always going to be a tough ask. So uh, the Montreal win for me is just a bonus. Um, it's the the important thing is we picked up wins at a critical time. Um, and as much as we're not a good home team this year, when it comes to the playoffs, you want to be at home. You don't want to have to go on the road. As much as this is now the best road team in club history, you don't want – to do that, you don't want to have to be put yourself in a situation like you were in Philadelphia, where even if you do force, you get a win or you force overtime, you're still on the road for the, that extra 30 minutes and having to fight the crowd and everything else. Uh, being able to play at home and control your destiny a little bit in that regard is very, very important, especially in the first round, especially with how this team has been, because we can't get out of the fucking first round, so you need every advantage you can get. No, I know, and that's been the tough point right there for this Red Bull team when you start to qualify for the playoffs and everything that goes along with it. Um, but I think what we could see, and my hope is this, I think we saw an X factor, and even though he's only 16 years old, and I don't want to put a lot of pressure on him, the the slight taste of what we got from Serge Nagoma, in my opinion, has been wonderful to see. And I really think that, you know, if he can, which it looks like he's able to jog around now. Now, I don't know if he's able to run full sprints at this point in time. Probably not. But, you know, when he's fully fit, I think we have ourselves a future striker here uh, who could be who, who basically could be threatening Patrick Lamala's starting position. I mean, I think he was before he got injured. Yep. Yep. And uh, but still, though, I don't want to put too much pressure on Nagoma because he is 16 years old. I'm not saying he can't handle it. I just don't want to, you know, heap it on him way too much. We can't, I mean, you know, he's still 16 years old. I mean, you know, amazing how Josie Altador was able to handle the pressure when he got called up. Eddie Gavin had his moments, good start, terrible middle, great finish. If you're talking about, you know, young players coming through the, uh, the pipeline and everything, Tyler Adams, a different 
kettle of fish. I mean, you know, confident, cool as a cucumber, even though he was more of a a box-to-box midfielder than an all-and-out striker. But still, though, you just have to say that, you know, strikers, you got to make sure that they have the right mentality to go out there and to do a job because – if you don't have the right striker out there to do a job, then you're going to get stuck. And then you're expecting the midfield to really rack up all the goals, which is what we have seen so far this year. Lewis Morgan right now, 13 goals in that win uh, against Montreal for his 13th of the season. And, you know, let me just say this, and, and I have to say this because I don't know if people have been seeing it or not, but my God, Christian Cassers Jr. has evolved into not just a solid defensive midfielder, but being involved in the attack for the Red Bulls. I mean, he's really grown into the attack for this club. And we've seen that in these last two games not just making those killer passes, especially the one to Lewis Morgan, who got the chip shot goal over Montreal, but how he fought with the ball against Inter Miami. And if the ball didn't, if that goal did not get wiped out due to offsides by Klamala, I mean, you know, that would have been icing on the cake for Cassers. And, uh, you know, you, for me, okay, fine. Edelman got man of the match because he scored the game winner. Uh, Morgan got the goal as man of the match against Montreal. But for the last two matches, it's Cassius Jr. for me who's man of the match. Uh, he uh, he might be the MVP this season, honestly, the way because it, it, it's almost the way I view him right now. It's almost the less you hear about him, the better he is, because that means he's not getting into trouble with the referee. And he's doing his job. And but he's been doing it so well that we are that people are noticing, right? Uh, the MSG broadcast obviously has mentioned it multiple times. Uh, I think I've seen on Reddit and Twitter multiple times him. So on Reddit, I've noticed for the Red Bulls that they do a uh, like top three players, like like a three stars kind of thing, and Costa seems to be up there almost every single week, um, and and that's multiple people, right? Not just one person's opinion. So that's I think speaks to just what his game has become this year. Uh, it, it's almost like Sean Davis leaving left a hole that he could fill. It's kind of weird, right? Because you never thought mm-hmm. they were two in the same position, but it was almost like Davis being there was keeping him from unlocking some potential. And it's good to see him finally grow. Uh, hopefully we get to hold on to him for at least another year, but you never know. If, I mean, with, there's already rumors that Lewis Morgan possibly going back to to Europe, so it wouldn't surprise you if there's rumors for him at some point going back to Europe. Well, here's the thing, is that yes, there are rumors about Lewis Morgan uh, transferring to Europe, not saying that he's going, but there are clubs in Europe that are looking to bring him over in the January window. Uh, and the Red Bulls not only are saying that he's not uh, he's not available, uh, those same rumors are also going for Christian Casters Jr. as well. Uh, the rumors going around that, you know, he's getting a lot of interest in Europe and, the, you know, they want him to be transferred, to, you know, from the Red Bulls in MLS over to Europe. And even the Red Bulls have said no, that Casters Jr. is not available right now. So it would be interesting to see if he does go in the January window as well. But if not... 
then that's, you know, that's a positive for the Red Bulls. But, you know, what we're seeing right now is Drew Yearwood act also looking strong in the defensive mid role uh, for the Red Bulls. But still, though, um, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered when the season is over with, depending on which players will remain, which players will uh, leave either through free agency or transfer window. Um, there's a lot of questions at the end of this MLS season. And the other question is, of course, will they make a big playoff run? Because, you know, the big uh, juggernaut right now in the Eastern Conference is the Philadelphia Union. Uh, that was a perfect segue, man. So <laughs> let's get into our preview for that game. So uh, Saturday, September 3rd, 7 p.m., the Red Bulls will be hosting the Philadelphia Union. Uh, game will be on MSG ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Philly comes into this game as the best team in the East and tied for best points value in uh, MLS. They are losing out in terms of, I believe it's wins, to LAFC. Uh, but Philly comes in with a record of 16-9-4, a plus-40 goal difference, which I need to put a little bit of an asterisk on because they are, the, I think, the first team in MLS history to have three different victories of six-plus in a season. So that, that number is slightly inflated compared to what most teams would be in that situation. Um, 57 points, like I said, number one in the East. Uh, so we do do predictions. Uh, Truman predicted a 1-1 draw. And Pat, in typical fashion, is predicting a loss. He is going 3-1, going for that re- the reverse curse that he likes to go for. Um, uh, since you're the guest, Dan, I, I'm not asking you for a scoreline prediction, but what are your thoughts uh, for the game on Saturday? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. You know, this is two teams that play the same system, the press. Both of these teams know what each other is going to do. The idea of this game is who's going to make the least amount of mistakes. And while going back to the Montreal game for a little bit, they got that victory without John Tolkien, who earned the yellow card um, in the match against Miami, which he was suspended for in Montreal for yellow card accumulation. And Kyle Duncan suspended on the red card, the double yellow into red in the same game, uh, couldn't play against Montreal. So that's how majorly significant that victory was against Montreal. Now both of them will be available for the Philadelphia Union game. So the back line will be intact. Aaron Long did not play at all in Montreal. So amazingly, he got a full rest day on Wednesday. So he'll be ready to go. Um, I, I mean, basically, I'll go with the draw. I think unless Philly makes a huge blunder, then the Red Bulls should take the full three points. But to be fair and to be honest... This is uh, this is going to be a draw. I think this could be a one-one draw, depending if Andre Blake makes a mistake, and he rarely does. We could see uh, uh, a draw here, unless there's a big major error and the Rebels can pull off three points at home. This is going to be a big match. Yeah, and Philly's coming in with. Uh, I don't think it's. It looks like the best defensive record in the league. They have 21 goals against. In 29 matches played, so they are much much lower than one goal against per game, which is saying something considering it looks like every other team in the league is at least 30 goals given up. Um, 
so I'm going to give multiple thoughts here. One is my prediction, which I am going to be different only because I have to be. So, so Dan, I'm not sure how much you've been listening to us, but uh, Truman and I are neck and neck for the belt this year, the prediction belt. Uh-oh. Yeah, actually, uh, Truman had predicted the win against Miami. He didn't get the scoreline, but he predicted the win. So right now, him and I are tied on points. So <laughs> I got to be different. I can't go with the draw. So I'm going to predict the win. Uh, I'm okay. kind of pre- I'm predicting a one nothing win because if if we do win, I feel like it's going to be that really tight close game where, like you said, the one mistake happens and that's it. Um, but in my head, I really think that this is more likely a draw or a loss. Right? We are not a good home team. Um, the way Struber plays this press. Where I, I feel like we're much more susceptible to the counter than even we were during, um, or at least it, it just feels like we're more susceptible to the press than we were during like the Jesse Marsh and uh, Chris Armas eras, uh, because you know during during that stretch the, the the four plus years we didn't lose a lot of games at home. We may give enough draws, we didn't really lose games. Um, but this year has just been weird. I mean to lose to Colorado like we did at home <laughs> makes no sense in a, in a regular year. And Philly is just so good this year. If we come out of this game with a point, I would call it a win. I would call it a, a moral victory as much as I really don't like moral victories, but that I would think that's a moral victory holding, holding them to a draw in your own building at this point, given their, their past performances in the last month or so would be huge. No, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, we're going to have to look at this realistically. And I'm not saying, you know, don't don't go to Red Bull Arena or don't watch this match expecting a draw. Always expect to see the boys go for a win. That's what we want to see. That's what we need to to have. But the way that Philadelphia has been rolling and the way that Jim Curtin has them performing at the same time, if Jesse was still here and obviously he's at Leeds right now and he's having a he's doing a, ma- a magical job with Leeds at this current point in time but the truth of the matter is this if we had Jesse remaining here at the Red Bulls and this would be a head-on-head collision with Jim Curtin this would be a knock him out drag him out fight without yeah. a doubt a knock him out drag him out fight because you know, you got two guys that have played together in Chicago, you know, hard nosed mentality, you know, they'll stick their necks out for anybody, whoever's on the bench and whoever's out, you know, in the starting lineups, uh, in the starting 11. I mean, we're going to get ourselves. I mean, this is the mentality now that really has to come in. They have to show. They are the better team to, on Saturday night. Don't go in there over respecting Philadelphia you do that you'll be destroyed the way that everyone else has been destroyed we're not DC United we're not the worst clubs in the Eastern Conference but at the same time we got to make sure that we don't give too much respect to the Union you got to go out there you got to perform well you got to perform hard and depending on what happens, if you play hard enough and it does end in a draw, so be it. 
you can say, you know what? Stand up, clap your hands. That was a well worth effort. We loved what we saw. Couldn't get that second goal, but you know what? That was good enough for us. Yeah, that that like this is exactly how it's got to be. Expect expect the best, but if you do get a draw, don't feel. I mean, you feel a little bad about it because you want to win, but don't feel too bad about it because you held your own against uh, arguably a supporter shield worthy team uh, at home when they have scored, I, b- I believe two of those six plus goal victories that come on the road too. So it's not even like they're doing that at home. They're, they're doing this shit on the road too. <laughs> so no, they are. No, they really are. And and that's where you have to give Jim Curtin credit because and I know you don't want, no one wants me to say it on this Red Bulls podcast here on Red Bulls rant, but I mean, let's, let's be honest with ourselves here. We have to give Jim Curtin credit because what he has done, with how many coaches the union have gone through and how many times they've hired a coach, fired a coach, hired a coach, fired a coach. Oh, he doesn't fit our, our, how we want to play. And even the, the, the sporting director was probably nearly on the chopping block until Jim Curtin finally got out there and said, listen, give me a chance. They gave him a chance to look what he's done. He's run away with it. So Jim Curtin, he got to give him his props. He's done a wonderful job. Now it's up to Gerhard Struber. To say to Jim Curtin, this is my club that you're facing. These are my boys that you got to go after. And these are my boys that are going to go out there and we are going to fight, claw, and scratch our way for three points against you. We are in our house and we are in our fortress and we're going to go out and we're going to show you why we are a solid opponent against you now and if we face each other in the playoffs. Yep. This this is definitely a statement game. This is. <clears throat> All right. A uh, few more things to talk about in the dumping ground. Uh, New York Red Bulls two, their abysmal season continues. They've lost their last. Or sorry, they lost the match three one at Birmingham, and then drew three three at home versus Hartford Athletic. That puts them at three five and nineteen on the season. Fourteen points minus thirty six goal difference. Number fourteen in the East. Their next match is this Saturday, September 3rd at 7 uh, at the Charleston Battery. Uh, Gotham FC, unfortunately, they're bad. Season's continuing as well. Uh, They lost their last match 3-1 versus Angel City. That puts them at 4-0-12. 12 12 points, minus 20 goal difference. uh, Number 12 in the NWSL. Their next match is uh, this Sunday, September 4th at 5 p.m. versus the North Carolina Courage. Uh, and I just want to mention, uh, I happened to find a new podcast. Uh, I only listened to, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes of the show so far. Um, I guess two weeks ago at this point. Uh, it's called Soccer Over Gotham. It is a purely Gotham FC-focused podcast. It looks like it's backed by Cloud9, the supporters group. So I'd say if you are interested in Gotham FC, definitely go check them out. Uh, What I have listened to, they are definitely knowledgeable about the team and care deeply for them. And I, you know, for anybody that's going to do a a fan podcast, that's literally the the least you can ask for is somebody to be knowledgeable and passionate about the team. So uh, definitely worth checking them out. All right. By the way, did that ball really cross the line and then they gave him a corner? What the hell was that? 
in the I, I didn't is this in the Gotham FC match because I didn't watch it honestly. I you didn't watch it? Yeah. So no. here's what happened. Apparently Gotham FC was on the attack, and as the ball was either crossed or shot at, it took a deflection up in the air, and it just the, the entire ball landed over the goal line, and then the near side assistant and the referee said Gotham gets a corner. And there's no VAR in the NWSL, which that's really shocking to me. I thought they were going to have uh, VAR once it came out in MLS. I thought they were going to have it right off the bat, but I guess not. Well, I mean, Pro already apologized for it. I mean, Gotham FC has only been playing at uh, Red Bull Arena for two years now. I, I don't think Yurikfield would have been able to handle VAR. Um, maybe now that MLS has gone to a centralized VAR, NWSL can kind of pick it up, but. Um, the way it used to be where VAR had their own referees at each stadium, I don't think NWSL had the facilities to support that kind of a setup. So maybe maybe it's just because of how they had to implement VAR. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same Probably thing as the so Open because It's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. in the Open Cup, right? Because in the Open Cup, there's no VAR. And, no. I mean, you can argue that there's enough cameras at the Open, at least at the, like, the round before MLS joins in forward, there were enough cameras that you could arguably get a decent amount of looks for VAR, but they didn't do it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's, I, I think it's about time that Open Cup, uh, even. Uh, I mean, look, I know nobody pays too much attention to USL games except for those that support USL clubs. But the truth of the matter is this. I think VAR needs to be installed in every league that's in the professional uh, rankings, whether it be MLS or NWSL, male or female, and even in open cups and everything else, because this is getting ridiculous. Um, even, Even when CONCACAF was doing their World Cup qualification rounds, where there's no VAR, until all of a sudden you get into the January, you get halfway March through games. And they go and they finally put in VAR like half. I'm like, come on, this is ridiculous. Either you do it through the whole thing or you don't. It's I mean, just ridiculous. The technology's there. And and the confederations definitely have money. It's not like there's not money to go into this. Exactly. And I understand. I mean, look, uh, I understand some of these stadiums in the in Central America and the Caribbean are not built for you know the latest technology and everything. But you know what though. If you are able to broadcast games from these stadiums and you're able to, you know, have them on streaming apps like ESPN Plus, Paramount Plus, you know, Fox Sports uh, app for for their video section. If you're able to have the technology to stream these games, well, then you should have the, the ability to have the technology of having VAR. Yep, you could just park a truck with some monitors outside, and there you go. You got it set up. Yep. And then for those, like, the Caribbean nations and stuff, well, they, they have a few trucks, and they just drive them around to depend on which matches they're where. I that's mean, it. that's all you need. That's it. <clears throat> all right. Uh, so, since Pat and here, we're skipping betting corner and the terrible team of the week, but we still do have some news to talk about in the dumping ground. I'm the trash man. All right, so the big news today, uh, Tom Edwards 
officially is no longer with the Red Bulls. Uh, he presumably was recalled by Stoke and now has been loaned out, I think it was to Barnsley, right? Uh, Barnsley. Whatever, whatever Struber's previous club was, it just happened to be a weird coincidence. So I think it was Barnsley. But Tom Edwards is no longer a New York Red Bull. He's back in England. Uh, we can all speculate on the why, but nobody seems to really know the actual answer. The important thing is that he's no longer with the club, and that was clearly the reason why they went out and got Kyle Duncan on loan for the rest of the year. Because they, because the front office knew what the hell was going on when they did that move. Yeah, yeah, they knew, and uh, you know, I'll probably find out on Friday in the uh, Zoom meeting to get ready for Philadelphia on Saturday. But uh, it that that's a real. Uh, disappointment that he's no longer with the Red Bulls. Uh, you know, he worked well. He he did everything that you expect him to do. And uh, all you can say is, is that uh, it, it's tough not to see Tom Edwards uh, no longer being here, whatever the issues were. Um, I, I'm sure that could have been worked out, but I guess not. Yeah, if, if he could have made it to the end of the year, then it goes back fine. But uh, come on. Like he could have, again, I don't know why I'm not going to try to speculate because it just makes sense, but I wish he could have made it to the end of the year. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I personally don't have any other big news to talk about. I don't know if you do. Um, I mean, it's, it seems, well, it's been relatively quiet recently, right? It, it really has. I mean, you know, the big news is I'm here on the rant, <laughs> but, um, you know, well, for those of you that do follow me through Twitter and Facebook, if they want to know um, uh, well, how my health situation is, uh, I am doing much better. I'm healing. It's been tough not going to Red Bull Arena, but you know what? Uh, that my uh, my doctors are uh, very happy with my uh, healing process, and it's going very well. So, for those of you wondering what's been going on with me on personal life, you know, I've of course uh, I've been through a lot of terrible things but thankfully it's uh, getting better and hopefully by next season i'll be back at red bull arena and i'll see everybody there uh before matches start but other than that um uh, i think we basically covered everything for what's been going on this year and uh you know it stunk how the open cup run ended but let's hope that they uh do enough and if i guess if we can go and look at the eastern conference table here jason um New York City FC losing to the worst team in the Eastern Conference and DC United two goals to one at Red Bull Arena because the Yankees, I, I thought this game would be played at Yankee Stadium because the Yankees are on the road. Well, I don't know why they go back to Red Bull Arena for. I, I swear to God, I'm laughing at this because it's ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. The Yankees are uh, on the road. Yeah, it's not even two- like they're at home. I, I just looked at it. They were on the road in, in California, and then tomorrow they're in Florida. In Tampa. Yeah, they're in Tampa against the Rays. So it's not even like you can claim it's a field turnaround issue. No. Absolutely I, what do you, not. What, what do you want to bet the field crew was like, no, we, we can't let this field get damaged anymore. Screw, screw soccer. We're going to protect this field. <laughs> That's got to be what it was, right? That's probably what it was. I, yeah. I, I suspect that's what it was, especially with the – I don't know how New York City has been, but I know New Jersey has drought conditions. Uh, my parents live in central Jersey, and 
prior to, I think, the state cone drought situation, the, the township they lived in was even telling people to start doing uh, conservation of water, like you can only water on alternate days kind of thing. So maybe it was just a New York City looking at their field saying, or sorry, New York City or New York Yankees looking at their stadium saying, we can't have this grass getting destroyed. So sorry, New York City, but you're out. Nope. That's something they can think of. Like, well, you know, what are you going to do? The big, the, the, the big brother is telling the little brother, yeah, it's nice uh, what you're doing, but guess what? You're out of here. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And, of course, with that victory for the Red Bulls against Montreal and the loss to D.C. United by NYCFC, the Red Bulls are now on a two-point lead over NYCFC, and they have taken over third place. They are only two points behind Montreal right now, so maybe uh, this will be a bit of a tizzy for uh, Montreal, and who knows, maybe the Red Bulls will find a way to leapfrog them again to second place, even though Philly's got a 10-point lead, and it's going to be too tough for them to uh, grab the Eastern Conference lead. But still, though, uh, I like what I'm seeing so far from the Red Bulls, and uh, hopefully they continue on. They uh, finish off the season strongly with three home matches remaining. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let's wrap this one up. You can visit us at patreon.com slash rant. $1 a month is all you need for exclusive content, such as our monthly wrap-up, live post games, anything we decide to do. You can email us at redbullrant at gmail.com. If you want to call us, 973-348-5329. On uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash redbullrant. On Twitter, at redbullrant for the show. At Dr. Stooch, myself, at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to our show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, YouTube Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. Dan, for any of our listeners who, for some reason, are not following you, how do they find you online? Well, they find me on Twitter at capital letter D, capital letter F, lowercase E-U-E-R-S is in Sam, T-E-I-N, and uh, my uh Weekly live streaming audio show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Feuersteins Fire. No apostrophe next to the S on that one. And uh, this coming Monday will be the Open Cup final preview show. So hopefully uh, I'll have a guest on from Orlando City and Sacramento Republic to preview the final. And then uh, the following week will be the Open Cup qualifying opening round. Uh, for these lower level sides in the amateur leagues. And uh, hopefully we'll get a good number of clubs to join me to talk about their run in the open cup qualification process. Sounds good. Definitely some shows worth checking out. All right. For Dan and myself, this has been episode 410 of the Red Bull rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always go Red Bulls. Go Red Bulls. This episode of the Red Bull Rant is brought to you by the fine patrons that support us through patreon.com slash Rant. You can support us for the low, low price of $1 a month, and you can get exclusive content, including a monthly wrap-up for the New York Red Bulls. We want to send a special shout-out to our patrons who support us at $5 a month. That is our producer-level reward. Thank you to Jeremiah Dempster, Clayton John, 
Chris Admech, Maeve Dartinus, and Pierre Delecto.